0: Looking at Isaiah nine six over the next month, and uh, hope that you will be with us each week. Uh, we've got a lot to say to you. In our family, we've got a couple of new babies coming, and the first thing that Cindy and I want to know is what are you going to name this? Chi- what are you going to name this child? And if they come up with some crazy name, we kind of cringe and squint and all of that, but. I mean, when Corey and Megan named their little daughter Lincoln, I thought, "What after President Lincoln?" Or what? What is it? You know. But they said, "No, just we like the name." So that's kind of interesting. And Mark and Amy are naming their baby boy after uh, one of one of each of their brothers, and so it's kind of interesting. They're taking the middle names from each of their brothers and putting it on. Their baby. But I found out in my research that there are some rules for naming kids. Did you know that? One of them is if you or your spouse ever dated anybody with a certain name, that's off limits. We're not going to have that name. Um, If your parents or your spouse's parents ever knew anybody that had that name, it's off limits. (laughs) But this whole naming kids thing is just gets out of control. In fact, I I looked up and searched online for some unusual names and, and so I I I just still can't believe people name their kids this way. A little girl named Eileen Wright. Jed I Knight. Guess Mom and Dad were Star Wars fans. Ah, how about Jurassic? Last name? Park. Very good. Oh, here we go. Sunday football. First name, Bud. Last name, Light. You got it. Bud Light. <laughs> if you're a dinosaur fan, you'll like this girl's name, Tara. Last name, Dactyl. <laughs> But my two favorites, being the lover of food that I am, first name filet, mignon is the last name. <laughs> this is my favorite, Chris P. Bacon. <laughs> yeah, cream, cream would be good too. Oh my goodness, we got to be careful how we name our kids because they it can it can make a difference in them. And over the next We're going to look at four names of Jesus prophesied in the Old Testament 700 years before he was actually born. And in a season and in a time where there's a lot of turmoil, there's a lot of fear, a lot of unrest, a lot of uneasiness, uh, we just finished one of the most incredible displays of stupid human behavior. In Ferguson, Missouri, Isaiah 9 and verse 6, we read it earlier, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. 700 years before he was actually born, these names are placed upon him. And we're going to look at all four of them over the next uh, few weeks. It's amazing to me how prophecy fits in. And with this prophetic title, as we begin today, Wonderful Counselor, we're going to look at. Wonderful Counselor, there's two words that come from two Hebrew words. and they're, the, the Hebrew words are polei. Which means too wonderful for words. It means too wonderful for words. And then there's the yachts, and that's to advise, to consult, to guide. So, pele yachts is what the Hebrew writer called Jesus. Too wonderful to guide. It's amazing. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, speaking of Jesus, our high priest says this, Let us then approach the throne of grace with what? Confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Our high priest, our Savior, our wonderful Counselor, Jesus, He's been through it all. No matter what you're tempted with, no matter what you struggled with, no matter what you still struggle with, no matter what you tend to trip up on, Jesus has been through it before. Amen? Aren't you glad? Because He's done it without sin. And then if you jump down to verse 16, it says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with that confidence. And we need to be confident as we talk to God, as we approach Pele, Gaius, Jesus, the wonderful counselor. One of the things that a lot of people don't ever realize is that Jesus came to help sick people. He comes for the sick. In Luke 5, it says, Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick I've not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance interesting story in the bible about matthew the tax collector now if you were a tax collector in these days not a fun profession you were greedy you were hated similar to irs if somebody if you meet somebody that said they work for the irs you instantly get a disdain for them don't you i do i they have no business being in the business that you and I have. And they have no business being in our business. Amen? I mean, really. Stop and think about it. Who are they? Well, preacher, we got to pay taxes. Really? Stop and think about it. But Jesus came for the sick, of which I'm one of them. But Matthew, he, he calls Matthew and... These tax collectors were corrupt. Nobody liked them. But Matthew was so pumped that Jesus was gonna to come to his house, so he throws this big party and he invites these really wild-eyed friends and other tax collectors and well-known sinners in the city. <laughs> Made the Pharisees mad. I mean, these are the type of people that would drink a glass of wine with a meal. <sighs> these are people that would go see R-rated movies. Oh my goodness. These are the people that would drive way too fast on the, inter- on the inter- interstate and cut you off. Whew. Are you kidding me? These are the people that you're standing in line, waiting, and they've put a phantom shopper in the same line in front of you so that they could go gather up stuff and then come and cut in line where their phantom shopper is waiting to check out. How many of you experienced that? makes you mad, doesn't it? Don't you want to go up there and just grab them and backhand them? And just say, you know, God doesn't even love you during this season. Get out. That's why I don't go shopping during Christmas. Forget it. Buy it online. Let them deliver to your front porch. I mean, really. No sense of going out and fighting that crowd. And those of you that work in retail, man, I pray for you all the time. Jeff works for Apple. I get tickled how people will buy an Apple product and the next day will bring it back after Christmas and expect them to fix whatever it was. And, and the first thing they do is, have you turned it on? Because they'll bring it in and say, this won't work. This doesn't work at all. Reminds me of the guy that went to Sears and he said, man, i got to have the best chainsaw you got. i got to have a saw. The best saw you got. i got some trees cut down. The guy goes, okay, here's a chainsaw. Let me just give it to you. So the guy takes it, comes back two days. He's all bandaged up. The teeth on that thing are chewed up. In fact, the chain's hanging off of it. And he goes, this is the worst saw I could ever, ever. I, I I didn't even get a half a tree cut down. And the guy says, well, what are you talking about? He says, man, this is worthless. So the guy gets the chain back on it, gives it a little pump, pulls it twice, starts it up, rum, rum, rum. and the old boy jumps back and goes, hey, what's that noise? <laughs> That's how we are, isn't it? Luke 5.31, Jesus answered them and said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor. In verse 32, I've come to call the righteous. I've come to call the righteous and sinners to repentance. You see, we're all sick somehow. Where are you sick? Where are you sick? You might be facing depression right now. Holiday season really brings on depression. It really does. And it's real. It's not fake. It's not phony. It's real. And, and it's, it launches for various reasons. Some of you are living in fear. Absolute fear. To get up every day. You don't, you're afraid to go outside. Afraid that something sinister is going to happen. I love the story of Ferguson, Missouri. A little black lady had started her baking business. Maybe you caught this story. And the rioters burned her little business down. She was in tears. The picture of her is showing she's in tears. Somebody took compassion on her, started a GoFundMe account, and in four hours raised $110,000. And the other day, coming back from... Houston, I heard that it was up in excess of $200,000. That's the compassion of people that I know. That's the godly people I know. You see, so in the midst of chaos and evil, good can always rise. But we gotta first of all admit that we're sick. I mean, some of us are distressed. Some of us are under financial stress. Some are just lonely. You know, that person you think about that they're really lonely and you think, you know, I ought to call them. Call them. Call them. If you can, go by and visit them. Maybe it's a family sickness. See, we're all sick at different points in our life. But you need to be honest. You need to be transparent. You need to be honest with the counselor. And there's three things I want you to understand. Biblical principles I want you to understand to find healing with the wonderful counselor. Number one, we just learn to be brutally honest with the counselor. There's a great story in John chapter 4. Jesus meets up with a lady and she simply wanted to be loved and she wanted to be accepted. And she thought, if I could just find the right person, then life would have meaning. But unfortunately, she didn't pick the right type of men. Went from one man to another to another. Ended up giving up on marriage, apparently shacking up with a guy. And then one day, at the well, Jesus meets her. But she's honest. She says in verses 16 and seventeen, "Go to your husband and come back, Jesus says, and she says, "I have no husband." Jesus said, You're right. <laughs> you're shacking up with a guy right now. See the first way that we get healing is just to be brutally honest with the counselor, our wonderful counselor. Now I don't know if you've ever needed a counselor, but I have. It was a time in my life when I needed someone's perspective on a life situation where I was, where I found myself. So I went to a Christian counselor. And if you look down your nose at me and say, oh, shame on you, go right ahead. It was the best thing I ever did. Because, see, there's times when you and I don't have an answer And there's times when you and I search Scripture, search Scripture, search Scripture, and it doesn't seem to come. But then when we sit down with someone who is a Christian and someone who is a counselor and someone who understands the Scripture, they then take us right to where we need to go. That's awesome. And we all need that. But we've got to be brutally honest with our counselor, our wonderful counselor. Psalm 55, verse 22, Cast our cares on the Lord and He will sustain us. He will never let the righteous fall. I love the fact that He's always there to hold me up. Even when I can't hold myself up, He can hold me up. The second thing is that we need to learn to listen to the Counselor's voice. Listen to the Counselor's voice. It's a wonderful counselor. Mark chapter 9. You can read the whole story later. But Jesus took three of His disciples up to a mountaintop and God did an incredible miracle in front of them. uh, Jesus got this glow about Him and then all of a sudden Moses and Elijah show up and these three disciples are going, whoa, man, we've never seen anything like this. Hey, let's build an altar. That's what we do when we... Don't know what to do next. We just build them an altar. Build them something. But in Mark 9, 7, it says, A voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Repeat these next three words. Ready? Listen to him. Say it one more time. Listen. Listen. If there's any three words that you and I need to repeat every day, almost every moment of every day it's listen to him if i would have practiced that in my life i would have made a lot better decisions now there are times when we go to our wonderful counselor and he tells us to do things <laughs> makes absolutely no sense at all you, you you just you listen to it and you go no, that's not what I had planned. There's your first mistake. It's what you had planned. Listen to him. If I would have listened to my parents more, I would have avoided a lot of problems. If I'd have listened to my big brothers more, I would have been in more trouble. They were they were great at giving me advice. But there were times when their advice was sound and I should have listened. I listened more by watching them than I did by listening to them. And learned what not to do to get in trouble by watching. Bible describes us as sheep. And Jesus is our shepherd. In John ten twenty seven, he said, my sheep, my sheep do what? Listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So, if you are one of God's people, listen. 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 Number three. We must do what the counselor tells us to do. Above all, do what the counselor tells us to do. When he speaks, we must do what he tells us to do, even if we don't like it, don't understand it. Do it anyway. You ever had that prompting in your heart to do something? That's the Holy Spirit prompting you to do it? Do it. It's like that person that you know is lonely. Call them. Write them a note. Send them an email. Text them. Boy, it was amazing how many people were driving and texting as you watched them do this all over the road. Then you honk at them and they look at you like, What? 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 You know, I want to have a bazooka or something and just shoot their car as we went by and say, Quit texting! But what good would it have done? It's Houston. Another great story in the Bible, Mark ten twenty. 20. In, in Mark 10, 10, actually. Maybe some of you can relate to this guy. He, he was young, he was wealthy. Done well for himself. Made some good choices on the material side of things. Has a conversation with Jesus. But he hadn't fully surrendered to Jesus. In Mark 10, 20, he said to Jesus, Teacher, all these things, your little rules, I've kept them since I was a boy. And look at verse 21. Jesus looked at him and did what? Oh, he didn't tell him, you not head you worthless human being, you scum of the earth. He didn't say that. He says he loved him. You see when you and I make a mistake, Jesus doesn't cast us aside, he loves us. Isn't that what moms and dads do? When a kid messes up, do we lop him off and throw him aside? Oh, the tendencies there. Oh, I prayed for my boys with a hand around their neck many times. (laughs) But we never cast them aside. It would grieve our hearts, we'd shake our heads, and then we'd come at it again, you see. You never give up. Isn't it great that God never gives up? He loved him. I love that part of that verse. Jesus knew how sick he was. He was hung up on material stuff. He had the house. He had the car. He had the gym membership. He had the body. He had the looks. I know, he had it. But he didn't have what he really needed. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. Even seeing his sickness, Jesus loved him. Jesus told him something that he didn't want to hear because he loved him, you see, when people really love you, they're going to tell you stuff you don't want to hear. You need people like that in your life. And when they tell you something you don't want to hear, don't swell up like a toad and get all mad and angry. Listen, God is probably sending them to give you a message. Listen to them. Amen. Oh, I only got a. That's a mumbled amen. See, some of you need to break up with the person that you may be dating or you're hanging around. You don't need to hang around anymore. Life financially is tough for you because you've made some bad decisions. See, so sit at the casino all the time. You sit there and people will gamble at the casino. Casinos are not in the business of giving you money. They're in the business of taking your money. We as a church know that better than anybody. But you may be in financial bad shape because of some bad decisions. Maybe it's time to downsize. Maybe it's time to get rid of that big old house. There was a house three blocks from where Corey lives. They want seven and a half million dollars. It has 21 rooms. I thought, 21 rooms? It'd take all months to sleep in each one. How about cleaning those 21 rooms? If you can afford that house, you can probably have somebody come clean your house. Some of us are struggling with secret addictions. Don't want anybody to know. We don't think anybody knows. But if we don't stop them, can ruin our marriages. And ruin our jobs. Confess. Be real. Be transparent. Be vulnerable. Bring your real self. This time of year, people get really... Fired up about family. You know what I'm talking about. You're going to a family gathering and you grit your teeth all the way there. And then those that you were gritting your teeth about in hopes that they weren't going to be there are there in full regalia. And they haven't changed a bit In fact, I think they're worse than they were the last time we saw them. But he tells this guy I was mentioning earlier. He says, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. Wow. Come follow me. He falls on his face. Well, actually... His countenance fell on his face. I wish he had fallen on his face. But his countenance fell, dropped his shoulders, turned around, the Bible says, and walked away. He went away how? Sad. Because he had so much that he accumulated, he couldn't give it away. You see, when you were born, you came in with nothing. You were naked. And when you die, you're going to leave with nothing. You'll be naked again. Except you won't be nearly as pretty as you were coming in. True, isn't it? All the funerals I've done over 37 years of ministry, I've never yet seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Not once. Not one time. What a dramatic thing to say. Your success is because of who He says you are, not because... Of what you produce. Did you get that? Your success is because of who He says you are, not because of what you produce. You know, you may get help from a counselor, you may get help from me as the preacher, but ultimately you, the only help that's going to matter is the help you get from the wonderful counselor named Jesus. Prince of peace. Pele Yahes. He's that wonderful Counselor who is so great that not even words can describe Him. Be honest with Him. Listen to Him. And do exactly what He says to do. Father, I ask You this morning, as we move to our time of invitation, that You stir in the hearts of Your people in this room. Father, they sense Your presence. They know the areas that they need to respond to you in. And Father, I'm praying that you will do a movement in their life. That they will repent. They'll be honest. They'll be forthright. That as we come to you as our wonderful counselor, and whatever it is you tell us to do, that we'll do it. And we won't drop our shoulders and hang our heads and, Walk away sad. But we'll be like that woman at the well and we'll just be honest with you and admit where we've messed up. And then as you prompt us through your people, through your friends, our friends, our parents, people at church, friends that we have that are believers... As you prompt us through them, may we listen to your message. May we hear your voice. And God, in this season of Thanksgiving, and the season yet to come of your birth that we celebrate, may we never, ever, ever forget how much you love us, how much you care for us, and how much you want us. All of us. So if there's someone here today that needs to respond to you, would you move in their heart to do so in Jesus' name? Amen. Trust and obey. Great song. Let's stand as we sing together.